BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Balance Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. So I thought it was time for another solo episode. I did my first ever solo episode with you guys a month ago and it was on trauma and it got real personal, real fast. And I have to say that episode was the most therapeutic experience I have ever had. And I listened to that podcast episode probably 12 or 13 times after it came out, which is pretty out of character for me. I usually listen to the episodes once, maybe twice all the way through after they're finished. And I couldn't stop listening to that one because it was so healing for me to hear that story over and over and over again. And I think each time I listened to it, I felt a little bit more healed from the experience even though it was a full decade ago. As you can tell, if you listened to it, I I believe very much that trauma sticks with you for your whole life and you just have to find ways to deal with it. So that was a really healing episode for me to do. And I feel like it kind of transitioned the way that I feel about sharing on this podcast and made me really comfortable, really comfortable just being me and talking into the microphone, which at first I wasn't sure how that would feel for me, but it felt really natural and really authentic. And I kind of like the vibe sometimes of just talking to you guys and not balancing another energy. And all the guests on this podcast have been so wonderful. And I have like five or six interviews recorded that are coming out over the next few weeks while I travel. And those people cannot wait to share their wisdom with you. I have a psychic medium. I have a Reiki master. I have CEOs. I have spiritual healers, really cool people. But also podcasting, I enjoy it because I like to connect with you guys and I like to kind of just be in conversation with you. So something that I wanted to do for the next solo episode, which is this one, is to talk to you about my journey to becoming a full-time blogger. So in other words, my entrepreneurial journey, my career journey, I suppose there's a lot of different titles I could give it. We'll see what I end up coming up with when I write the title. But people ask me all the time, "How how did I end up what I'm doing now for a living? And 
sometimes it's honestly hard to describe what I even do for a living. I call myself a blogger, which is becoming more and more of a widely accepted and widely known term as far as careers go, which is really cool. But I also feel that I am so much more than just a blogger. And saying that I'm a blogger, it can just be difficult because then I want to dive into the story and explain what I blog about. And really, I'm a writer and I love to write and I also love to share about health and wellness and host events. And so it gets me into this whole tailspin of trying to explain to people what I do. So now I I usually call myself a wellness blogger and yoga teacher and a writer And I guess I kind of choose depending on the day and depending on who I'm talking to, what I say. So sometimes I'll be with Jonathan, my boyfriend, the most awesome person ever, and I'm trying to get him to come back on the podcast. He was on one of the very early episodes back before we were even dating, which is so cool, but I want you guys to hear from him again. So he's going to be coming back on soon, but... Sometimes I love listening to him introduce me to people or introduce what I do to people. And I think he too has fallen into what I do, which is kind of depending on the person, depending on the day, saying something different. So an author, a blogger, a yoga teacher, wellness influencer. Um, I personally don't really use the term influencer that much unless I'm talking to someone who's completely in this industry and then using the word influencer really works. But otherwise, I think calling myself an influencer kind of wraps me up in like the Instagram, social media world. And I feel that my brand exists also off of social media, which is something I'm really proud of because it took a while to develop all of that. So I should probably start from the beginning to explain how I started on social media and how it all snowballed into the brand and business that I have today, The Balanced Blonde, in which I have a full-time assistant, so an actual employee, which is something way back in the day when I was getting started was just a distant dream And I have a literary agent, Sarah Pasek. She's been on the podcast. She's incredible. I have a management team. I have a lot of different publicists that I work with and publications. And I would say, oh, and of course, photographers, videographers. And I did have business partners when I used to do my clothing line. So I've definitely had my fair share of people that I work with. And finally, having an actual employee has been a really cool and really crazy transition. Christina, shout out to Christina Rice. She's also incredible. I could rave about her for days. And I will as as this episode goes on. So transitioning from having my just totally my own schedule to having an employee has been a whole new shift. So there have been a lot of phases and a lot of shifts in the balanced blonde. So I will start from the very beginning. And I suppose the very beginning is back when I, Jordan, was a senior in college at Loyola Marymount University. It was 2013. So I'm just starting kind of January 2013, my final semester of college. And I was one of those girls who was pretty ready to be done with college. I lived in a house with six of my very close friends. Half of them were in my sorority, Alpha Phi, and the other half were in two different sororities. And 
still my very close friends. And I was kind of over the sorority life. I loved being an alpha fee. It served its purpose for me at the time, definitely. It taught me how to have leadership roles and make friends with just about anyone, have conversation with just about anyone. So I had a really positive sorority experience. And I also learned a lot about myself including the fact that I am not a big organized activity person, which is why you'll very rarely see me at conventions and panels, well, day-long panels and weekend-long festivals or music festivals or retreats unless I really want to be there because I like to develop my own schedule on my own time. So being in a sorority taught me that because I was not a fan of all of the organized group activity, which any of my friends in college will tell you. I found all of the ways to get out of those things. So just some backstory. I was pretty ready to graduate. I had just finished a yoga teacher training, a 200 hour that I started when I was a junior and finished my senior year of college. And I wanted to teach yoga and be done with college and move to New York where I was going for grad school for my master's of fine arts and creative writing. And I was just ready to dive into the world and not feel like my life was so run by social obligations and parties and fraternity formals in Vegas back to back every weekend, people's birthdays, all sorts of things. It just wasn't really my lifestyle anymore. And the lifestyle that I was getting into was at the time plant-based veganism. And I found the plant-based vegan life because I had lifelong stomach problems and never really felt very good when I would eat food. So I tried cutting out all sorts of things. And when I was 21, ended up doing a five-day plant-based cleanse in which I became a plant-based vegan. And it started off nice and innocent. I was really into cooking and even bought my own mini fridge for my house that I lived in with the six girls because our regular refrigerator didn't have room for all the produce that I was buying and all that I, I would make all of my own meals at home, breakfast, lunch, and dinner full of leafy greens and fruits and vegetables and lentils and quinoa. And I had a lot of variety and I felt really good. And I started kind of becoming this picture of health and wellness where people would come to me for advice and I would teach little yoga sessions at LMU and kind of show people how I meal prepped all my vegan meals and just felt really, really good and really in alignment with at that time what I believe was my purpose, which was to dive deep into what made me feel good on a wellness level. I had always been really passionate about wellness and I was just then starting to learn more about it. I started following some plant-based blogs and some health blogs like Chocolate Covered Katie and Oh She Glows and a handful of others, tons of others really. And then I started finding all of those blogs on Instagram. And this was back when people, most people were using Instagram for just personal reasons. It wasn't really a place where brands were doing marketing or even where blogs had huge followings on Instagram yet. It was a lot of personal Instagrams and then there were some health Instagrams and some fashion bloggy Instagrams like Kiara, the blonde salad. She was big on there. But when I say big, back in 2013, 
like 40,000 followers was huge. I remember like massive celebrities, A-list celebrities had like 40,000, 50,000 followers and it was crazy. And now things have shifted a lot and 40,000 is still a lot of followers. But when you look at A-list celebrities or huge, huge bloggers who have these massive followings, people have upwards of a million followers or, you know, if you're the Kardashians, something like 90 million or Selena Gomez, I think has over a hundred million. So as you can see the juxtaposition of the tens of thousands versus the amount of people that are on Instagram today, it's just nuts. So right when I graduated college, I was still really into the vegan lifestyle. I had about three months. Well, no, I guess I should say two months or slightly less in California before I moved to New York. So I had just a couple months off to do whatever I wanted and do a little bit of soul searching and spend some time with my family and take a break after four years of college before diving into grad school. So I, this is kind of a funny story. I went to Maui with my family. And the funny thing is when this episode comes out on Monday, I will be in Maui with my family on our yearly trip. So this was literally four years ago, almost to the day. And we were flying home from Maui. My parents were flying back to Sacramento. My sister, her husband, and her kids, my nieces, were flying back to LA with me. We all get to the airport. We're checking our bags in, giving our IDs to the security people. And someone, right when we walked into the airport and gave our IDs over, said, okay, we have all of your tickets except for Jordan. Jordan doesn't have a seat on this plane. And so my sister, my brother-in-law looked at me like, what? And I'm looking around, I'm calling my parents, like, do I not have a seat on this flight? And this is just such a typical Jordan experience. I can't even explain to you how that happened. We're still not sure when our family bought all of our tickets together. I didn't have a seat. Luckily, I'm pretty low maintenance, pretty go with the flow in those kinds of situations. So I was just like, whatever, you guys get on this flight. I'll get on the flight that comes in like two hours later. I'll just take a Uber or cab to my apartment and it's fine. So my family left and I had two or three more hours at the airport to hang out and do my own thing before I got on a plane by myself to come back to L.A., and while I was sitting there, I was looking through my phone and seeing I had tons of beautiful food pictures from Maui of all the vegan meals that I had eaten. We had stayed at a hotel in Wailea. It's called the Kiolani if you ever go to Maui. And they had a vegan menu. So they had like really exciting vegan food like apple macadamia nut cinnamon pancakes and like all gluten-free vegan um, fruit plates. Everything was just beautiful and salads with tempeh and berries and super colorful fruits, acai bowls. This was the kind of stuff I was really into at that point. And I, something came over me when I was sitting there at the airport and I decided I'm going to make an Instagram account for my vegan food because 
I follow all these other plant-based accounts and they have pretty food pictures and I love photography. I love connecting with people. I love social media. So I decided to make an Instagram account while I was sitting at the airport and I titled it The Blonde Vegan. And that was because actually for years I had in my head that I wanted to start a blog called The Blonde Yogi. I started thinking that in high school, The Blonde Yogi, and I hadn't done it. And so I thought, oh, well, The Blonde Vegan, because this is going to be about food. So I did that. I posted like six photos right off the bat and used all the plant-based hashtags that I had seen all the other plant-based Instagrammers using. And I posted on my personal account, Jojo Younger, shout out to my personal account, to say to my friends, I started this Instagram called The Blonde Vegan. I hope that maybe one day I'll turn it into a blog, but for now it's just fun. So if you're interested in healthy food, check it out. I would be so grateful for like anybody's support. So I got on the plane, obviously put everything on airplane mode, flew the five hours from Maui to Los Angeles. And when I landed, I had 80 or 90 followers on the Blonde Vegan. And I was so excited. This was like almost all people that I knew in real life. So I couldn't believe that all these people in my life actually cared and were passionate about vegan food and health and wellness. And so this was really exciting to me because I was pretty used to being one of the only people that I knew who was really diehard about vegan food and health and wellness. And I felt like posting on my personal account about this stuff was going to start to get really old for a lot of my friends and family. So people who were interested followed me at The Blonde Vegan. And from there, it became a total spiral in a good way of me being completely obsessed and passionate about getting photos to post on my Instagram and connect with this community of people who cared about health and wellness. So I think I spent like the next couple of weeks traveling around Southern California on a bit of a goodbye tour with my friends before I moved home to Sacramento for a few weeks and then moved to New York. So I remember going to San Diego with my friend Alexi and going to all these healthy restaurants. And she has always been such a supportive friend. We went to all these healthy restaurants because she knew how excited I was to photograph and to share with my budding Instagram community all of these places and kind of start exploring, which turned me on to being a foodie. Like, I guess I had always been a bit of a foodie, but now I felt like sort of a restaurant review foodie. So by the time I moved back to Sacramento for a couple weeks that summer, I was developing a bit of a following on Instagram. I think I had maybe 4,000, 5,000 followers because back then social media was so much quicker to grow because if you used hashtags and interacted with people, the space just wasn't very saturated. So people started following, people started noticing. I would comment on a lot of other wellness Instagrammers, Instagrams, and just started growing a community that way. So by the time I got back to Sacramento, I was being asked by some restaurant owners to check out their vegan restaurants. So then I learned that there were two vegan restaurant establishments in Sacramento, California, one of which was called the Plum Cafe. And it's so delicious. It's on K Street. I still love it. And the other was called the Green Bohem. 
the Green Boham was a raw vegan restaurant and it closed its original location, but reopened in Roseville, I believe. I still need to get back there because that was some of the best food I've ever had. And I did this huge interview with Brooke, the owner. And that was my first restaurant review on my blog. And she makes this crazy delicious banana ice cream that's all raw vegan with raw vegan chocolate sauce and candied walnuts. And it's like the most decadent, healthy dessert that has ever existed. And I just became totally enraptured by food photography and um, learning more about veganism and vegan restaurants and vegan restaurant owners and also still cooking a lot at home and started developing recipes pretty much every day. I will never forget the excitement that I had in my parents' house that summer, taking photos in their backyard and decorating my layered smoothie bowls, my layered mason jars of oats. And there was a thing back then. It was a hashtag, hashtag O-O-I-A-J, which stood for hashtag over, overnight oats in a jar. And I was just fascinated by overnight oats in a jar. I thought it was the prettiest thing. I thought decorating the food was so much fun. And I would blend up my oats with all different colors of powders like spirulina for the green and blueberry for the blue and raspberries for the red. And then I would like mix the regular with just vanilla to make it kind of like white-ish. And I would make these layered overnight oats in a jar and I called them joys, jars of yumminess. And I like to think back then they went sort of viral. And it's so funny because now I see people posting that kind of stuff still. And I I don't post as much food these days. So I like to think that myself and the other vegan Instagrammers of that time, not just vegan, but wellness Instagrammers of that time kind of set the stage and paved the way for what now is extremely normal on social media. But back then people were still like, what? You're posting healthy recipes on the internet? That's crazy. Or like, what is this? You don't actually eat this, do you? I was like, yeah, of course I do. It's delicious. So That was all really, really fun. I will always remember the extreme excitement of posting a photo and interacting with people at the same time and watching my numbers rise. And I did have a few experiences of being reposted by some bigger accounts. One of them was this girl. Her account was called Effortless. And she had 40,000 followers, I'll always remember, which of course at the time was huge. And she said we could do a shout out for shout out with each other. So share each other's accounts. We did that. I gained 4,000 followers in about 15 minutes. And it was extremely exciting. And I remember also thinking, oh my gosh, does this change my community? Does this taint my community of like five or 6,000 followers? And now I have 10,000. And will these people still care about me the same way my loyal followers do? And this was all just so funny because I had only been doing this for a very short period of time, but it shows you how dedicated I was from the get-go. And of course, ultimately it was just exciting. And I think eventually I did gain like thousands more from her from just that one post too. So all of a sudden now I had over 10,000 followers. I had been doing this for maybe a month and a half 
And I have been a writer ever since I was little. I've been, I've known that I wanted to be a writer and have written long, long, long things um, my whole life because I, once I start writing, once I put pen to paper, the words just don't stop coming. That's just my form of expression. It's my passion. I love it. So I knew that I wanted to start a blog and not just be on social media. So I put on my Facebook one day. Uh, this was still summer, 2013. Hey, does anyone know how to build a website? Any of my Facebook friends? I'm looking for someone who could help me design a blog. And this guy who went to LMU, who was a couple years older than me, who I didn't actually really know in college, um, wrote to me, Morgan, and said, uh, hey, I could totally build a website for you. So we started kind of working together. I told him some of my ideas for my logo for the Blonde Vegan, and he created this really cute cursive style, the Blonde Vegan logo that had a strawberry in it for the O. And I, that was my first time ever seeing an idea in my head come to life via another creative person, like designing a logo for me. So to have my own logo before my eyes, which was the most professional thing that had ever happened to me at this point in my life, made me so excited. And then I was just filled with adrenaline and motivation to move forward and to really create something with my brand. So... The Blonde Vegan came to life. We launched my WordPress site. Um, I remember writing an about me section and all this other stuff and checking with Morgan and saying, I feel like I should have a really long frequently asked questions section. And he was so patient with me and we became abnormally close. And I've since learned that is something that I do in business. I just get really close to people because if you're going to be associated with the Balanced Blonde brand, now the Balanced Blonde, once the Blonde Vegan, it's just such a personal thing for me. It's like part of my own personal space bubble. So Morgan and I became ridiculously close. We would text constantly and always about the website and me having new ideas for the website, him having new ideas, us running things by each other and eventually developing this aesthetic that became what was the first theblondvegan.com website. And it was so exciting. We launched it on August 1st, 2013, which was the same day that I moved from California to New York City. So all of a sudden, I launched a blog. I'm living in the West Village. I lived there by myself for about three weeks until Katie, my best friend since kindergarten, moved there to move in with me. But she was, and we were on different schedules at that time. So she was coming about three weeks later. And I just moved to a new city. I had a new blog. I was still diehard passionate about this wellness-focused lifestyle. And I remember getting to New York and telling Morgan, I want to put a yoga tab on my website. I want to I want to write about more than just food. So we did that. And I was actually scrolling back in my Instagram a couple days ago. And I saw that I made this huge announcement about my yoga tab. And I was just laughing, looking back, thinking like the huge deal that I was making about just one little tab of my website cracks me up. But I think I still do the same thing because I still get equally excited about all the new facets and new elements every time the website evolves. So that was a huge 
evolving step for me. And I remember Morgan saying, are you sure? Because you have this very niche audience and a very niche topic that you write about. You have yet to post a photo of yourself on your Instagram. You have a few on your blog and the about me section, but do you really want to broaden your audience and make this a little less niche, less targeted? And I said, yes, I want, I'm a life, I, well, I didn't call myself this, but now I would, a lifestyle writer. I want to write all about my lifestyle, not just about food. So pretty much right away, my website became about food and wellness and fitness, which was cool because then I could write about my family and my life and my travels. And I didn't feel limited because when I first started blogging, I was really basing my blog off of the other blogs that I read. And a lot of food blogs that I read didn't say anything about their personal life. It was all about the food, all about the recipe. And I never felt totally fulfilled by that because I had a lot to say. As I think you probably know, if you follow me on Instagram, my captions are ridiculously long. I always have a lot to say because that's my, my form of expression is sharing with people and communicating. So then I could write blog posts about yoga and lots of other stuff that I was passionate about and into. And I started really exploring a lot of the vegan restaurants in New York and the juice bars. And uh, this isn't a story about my eating disorder, but I will happily record a podcast episode about that if there's interest for that. Um, But I... I will say, because it is part of my whole journey, uh, my entrepreneurial and my blogging journey, that starting that fall is, I think, when things became less healthy with my personal veganism. And I do think it was in part because I was blogging about veganism too. So I was developing at least one recipe a day, usually more, and also was getting offered all of these juice cleanses from different juice bars in New York City. And I started becoming really into juice cleanses. And I had been into juice cleanses before that. I was into juice cleanses way back when I, when I started veganism. And I would do short shorter cleanses when I lived in LA. But when I moved to New York and they started getting offered to me for free, that was totally different. Because I think to do a three-day juice cleanse was something like, to do a five-day cleanse was more like $500, $600. So this wasn't something realistic for a grad school student to be doing if I was paying for it. But all of a sudden, when I wasn't paying for it anymore and these cleanses were being offered to me, I was saying yes all the time because A, it gave me content to write about for my blog. It was really interesting. I was really into reading about cleanses and watching YouTube videos about cleanses and all different types of raw veganism. So it was someone from one of those juice bars that actually inspired me to become a raw vegan. And then I stopped eating cooked food. And I think that's when things started to go downhill from there um, with my health at least. And I became pretty obsessive about blogging about food and um, thinking about food all the time, grocery shopping all the time. So that was one facet of what was going on. But beyond that, sticking to more of the business side of things, I decided to develop my own plant-based cleanse program, which was based roughly off of the plant-based cleanse program that I had done a year prior to that when I started being vegan. So I wrote 
the Blonde Vegan 5-Day Cleanse, and it had five recipes per day for five days. And those recipes were two juices, one smoothie, and two solid food meals a day. And it wasn't all raw vegan. Some of it was cooked. And I decided to sell this cleanse program on my website, work with some graphic designers to make it beautiful and to really make a well-rounded product that I could sell to people. And I sold this on my site for $25 per cleanse. And I got really ambitious and set up an email thread for every person who joined. So every single person who bought my cleanse had the option to join an email thread of me and everyone else doing the cleanse the same week as them so that I could guide them through the cleanse each week and they could also talk to each other and get inspiration from each other and talk about how it's all going and share recipe ideas and all that kind of stuff. So that was ambitious because all of a sudden I was communicating with about 100 to 150 people per week and felt like I owed it to them to answer their questions. So... I was pretty much tied to my computer, but it was a very exciting time. It was really exciting. It was the launch of my first product, which was this plant-based cleanse. And it started to do really well. So financially, that was exciting. I was just a student in grad school at the new school, creative writing. And my dad and Morgan, my web designer, um, told me, well, my dad, knowing nothing about blogging, told me, you should really pursue this. This is amazing. And Morgan, knowing a lot about blogging, said, you should really pursue this. This is pretty outstanding. Like the readership you have on your blog is very high. Basically, what you could make as a blogger would be more than you would be making with these other things that you want to go into, like working in publishing, etc." So I started thinking about it in the back of my mind, especially because at grad school, at the new school, it quickly became very clear to me that blogging was not taken very seriously. So I would explain to people that I had a blog and that was a form of writing that meant a lot to me and was really fun. And most of the time in different classes and even by a couple teachers that I had, it would just get totally shut down. I was actually told by a poetry teacher there in grad school that blogging and even writing poetry on the internet isn't real writing at all because there's not really an editing process involved. And so it was very looked down upon. It was very new age and kind of just not respected, which was surprising to me because I felt like, wow, this is this huge blossoming industry and it's all centered around writing. And so people in the writing community, the writing industry, maybe should be excited about this. This is a really immediate way to get the word out. So once I felt kind of unsupported at my grad school about my business, my blog, well, what was turning into a business, I didn't really consider it one yet at that time, then I really did start to think about not finishing grad school because I was really excited about what I was doing. I was getting a lot of support in the wellness world and I was building, I mean, I was making my own money for the first time in my life. So this was really exciting. And I'll just briefly touch on this because it's really personal and I think it will require its own podcast episode at at one point. But that, that winter, so it was February 2014 when I was living in New York and starting my second semester of grad school, I got a really bad phone call from my mom 
that alerted me, told me that um, something really bad was happening back at home in Sacramento and that basically my parents were involved in a lawsuit and it's still going on and things were bad and there was there was a con artist involved my parents were victims it was it was it flipped my whole world upside down and i had never experienced anything like it and i had a new perspective i had a new outlook after that um i had I had been in this master's program and it meant a lot to me to be in that master's program and it meant a lot to my dad. My dad had always wanted me to be a writer and so to be getting my master's in creative writing just really felt like the next step. But from blogging, my eyes were opened up to this whole world of writing professionally on the internet and this was very different than than anything I ever thought I would be doing as a writer So I didn't really know what to make of it. But once this happened, once my mom called me and once I became aware of what was happening at home, um, that started a a very emotional journey in my family, a roller coaster ride that is still, we're still on it. And B, it it probably forced me to be a, a real adult for the first time ever in my life and ask myself some really tough questions like, is it even worth it to be in graduate school getting your master's in creative writing? Or should you leave and build a name for yourself and take care of yourself so that your parents don't have to worry about you or think about you or spend any of their energy taking care of you? They can take care of themselves. It's time. So pretty much in a matter of 24 hours, I decided that I was not going to go back to the new school after that semester ended. And I talked to my dad about it and he totally supported me and understood with as little knowledge as he has about the internet that I was going to try to really build a brand out of my blog. And this was crazy talk because the only thing I really had going for me monetarily was my cleanse programs. I wasn't really working with brands. That wasn't really a thing yet. I would get a lot of free stuff, but it wasn't a payment type of thing. Like I wasn't going to be able to pay my bills with my free protein powders and my juice cleanses. So this was a risky move, but I decided to do it. And I was filled with faith that I was going to be able to create something out of the blonde vegan and that I was going to be able to take care of myself. And maybe a certain amount of that was naivety. I was very naive, but I believe that that was probably the best way for me to be at that time because I was full of confidence. I was just radiating with confidence. Like, I love this. I'm going to set my soul on fire. I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to take this really alternative route and I'm just going to see what happens. I'm going to learn about the business side of things. I'm going to pitch brands and I'm going to make money and I'm going to pay my rent and I'm going to do this all on my own. So I told the school I was leaving. I told my friends at grad school that I was leaving and everyone was very supportive. And around this time on a more personal level, I, it was becoming very, very, very apparent to me that I was no longer going to be able to 
remain vegan. Uh, I had an eating disorder and coupled with everything going on, you know, with my family and blogging about food full time and heavily obsessing over food and veganism and then cutting everything out to be a raw vegan and then somewhat of a juice cleanse addict. I just didn't have enough nutrients. I didn't have enough variety. And I decided that I needed to drop the labels to move forward and really create a balanced life. And what I was already telling people via my blog was to listen to their body and not get caught up in labels and not compare themselves and not deprive themselves. But I was doing all of those things. So I had a very eye-opening experience with Jamie Graber of Ginger Snaps Organic. Jamie is the bomb. And she basically looked at me and said, you don't look very healthy. And I recognize this because I used to be a raw vegan and I was not very healthy. And you look like you're not menstruating and you should really reconsider what you're putting into your body. And she said this in a very loving, very, very open and accepting way. So she let me come to the realization on my own that I needed to make some changes. And she was right about all of that. And I did start eating salmon and eggs. And this was totally terrifying for me, but um, I'm glossing over the details because it's really not the point of this particular episode. But I did decide to step away from that vegan label, meaning it was time for me to tell my blog readers that I had been struggling for a while and that I needed to drop the label to play around with my diet and see what was going to work for me. So as I said, I was pretty naive and I wanted very much to hold on to the name The Blonde Vegan because this had become a huge part of my identity. So I started blogging. I was Like I said, the only person I knew in my personal life that had a blog, especially a health blog. So everyone who I knew from college, everyone who I knew from high school and childhood, and now everyone who I knew in New York literally called me the blonde vegan and associated me as the blonde vegan. And TBV was the acronym. And I had just started TBV Apparel which was a whole other revenue stream and really exciting project that was a clothing line, which started as a t-shirt line with my friend Tynan from college. TBV Apparel, it came to me when I was in a yoga class. Like the idea just popped into my head and we decided to make graphic tees where we put phrases on t-shirts like, okay, yes, is vodka vegan? Health is the new black. And this was all very, very fun. So I had TBV apparel, the blonde vegan blog, TBV cleanse programs and felt like I cannot change the name of my blog. This is something I'm very tied to. This is an acronym that I feel is my identity and I don't want to let go of it. And I have attachment issues to begin with. So I didn't want to let go of any of it. And I came out to my blog readers in a blog post titled Why I'm Transitioning Away from Veganism. You can search it on Google and see that it has nearly 1,000 comments. Um, don't read them. People are people are nuts. Some people are nuts. But <laughs> this was a really intense time. I came out to my followers telling them I recently decided that I need to drop the labels of my diet. I'm going to move away from the vegan label 
and see what else is out there for me. And I also have orthorexia. So this blog post was full of information. And uh, the post itself ended up, well, going totally viral, but the story went really viral. I ended up on Good Morning America talking to Juju Chang. Um, Nightline, NBC was in basically every publication I had ever even heard of. And all of a sudden had this crazy massive new audience of people who either were in support of what I was doing or were totally anti what I was doing. I was losing tens tens of thousands of followers that were vegan on my social media and on my blog. And at this point, I had about 70,000 social media followers and gaining at the same time tens of thousands of followers who were finding me on Good Morning America and People Magazine and all of these other places. So this was just a crazy time where, again, I was kind of faced with this feeling of, oh my gosh, this my audience is transitioning. Will these new audience members understand me and support me? And where are my other people going? And it was all really scary because I didn't know if my blog was even going to make it through all of this um, because it was a vegan blog and I stopped being vegan. So this was kind of crazy, very controversial. And basically, I realized within a couple days that I had to change my blog name because I didn't realize so much that the ethical vegan community would set out to want me dead for having the name The Blonde Vegan and I am not exaggerating with that statement. I was getting death threats. I um, have, you know, YouTube videos of me getting beheaded. Like people did a lot of crazy stuff. And so I was faced with this question of what is my new blog name going to be? And this time it was actually a blessing because I got to put so much thought, so much effort, so much intention behind what my new name was going to be because I had been the blonde vegan and I knew that that pigeonholed me. Um, Even though I talked about lifestyle and travel and personal stuff, it seemed very much like it should just be a food blog with that name. So this time I wanted something that was never going to pigeonhole me, that was never going to put me in a box. And the balanced blonde is what came to me as what I knew my name had to be. And so I bought the URL. Um, Well, actually, first I should say, I went through like a hundred names. One of them was Huckleberry Blonde. And I really wanted to do that. And I had a lot of people tell me, like Morgan and my family and friends, don't do that. It doesn't make any sense. But I loved it. And I think it's because I just love, I love the name Huckleberry and I would like to name my child that one day. And I just feel really connected to... Mark Twain and that whole literary side of me. But yeah, just felt like saying that. Huckleberry Blonde. If anybody likes that, let a sister know. I could always create another blog name, but I will not change my current blog. So basically, I wanted to keep at least one portion of my The Blonde Vegan name so that people could find me because I know how the internet is. And I knew for a fact that people were not following my story very closely. Definitely not all of my followers were following my story super closely. And I knew that it would be months and maybe years of confusion, which it was. Um, So I wanted to at least have 
one portion of the name be the same. So I wanted to keep the name Blonde because I obviously wasn't going to be able to keep the word vegan. So the Balanced Blonde made sense. I had a lot of people. The really cute thing is so many people recommended to me the Balanced Blonde that I have like a large handful of people in my life who always say, I came up with your name. No, I came up with your name. And I love that because we all came up with it collectively. And every time I heard it from someone else, I felt more and more affirmed that that was the direction that I wanted to go in. So the Balance Blonde was the name. I bought the URL. I (laughs) stalked Kendall Palmer, the girl on Instagram who had the Balanced Blonde Instagram name. I truly stalked her, found her Facebook, found that we had a mutual friend, got her phone number, and asked her if she could give me her Instagram handle. And she was ever so kind and said yes, because she actually didn't even really use it. She hadn't used it in months at that point. She was so sweet and we're still in contact and she recently got married and we're still friends on Facebook. She gave me the Balanced Blonde Instagram name. We set up a time to swap and this was all so exciting. So I was finally transitioning everything over from the Blonde Vegan to the Balanced Blonde. And this was so meaningful, so special to me because it was time. It was time to cut my ties from the world that I had once been a part of that was really turning very, very, very much turning their back on me. A large portion of that group of people who I had once been a part of that vegan blogging community. And it was time to really set my own path. And I moved back to Los Angeles from New York and had this new blog name yet again. So constantly (laughs) during these years of my life, going through transition after transition, moving across the country, moving back, starting a blog, changing the blog name, changing my philosophy on wellness. And through all of this, I developed a crazy thick skin and also a very focused and honed in philosophy of what wellness meant to me. So at this time, I started blogging about balance and it might sound like a cliche word, but to find balance in my own life after everything I had been going through was very healing. And um, and then I was able to connect with people on a whole new level and start experimenting with other ways to heal, heal from my eating disorder, heal from the difficulty, the challenges that were going on with my family and really take care of myself. So I started doing all sorts of things from different types of therapy to Ayurveda, acupuncture. I did another yoga teacher training. I've recently gone into Reiki. It really opened me up to all of this stuff that I just really wasn't into back when I was super focused on writing about veganism. So I was new to LA or new back to LA, I suppose. I moved to Brentwood where most of my friends from college lived and started creating a life here, a very wellness-focused life. And I was lucky enough that right before I moved back or right as I was moving back, um, Sarah Pasek, the amazing literary agent in New York, discovered my story, discovered my blog via one of the publications that wrote about my story. And she called me and asked me if I had ever thought about writing a book. And I said, Sarah Pasek, you won't believe this, but I was in school to be a writer, to be an author before I ever started blogging. And I never thought that my first book 
would be about my own journey and be a memoir, but I'm up for it. So I wrote my first book, Breaking Vegan, One Woman's Journey from Veganism to a More Balanced Way of Life. And it's my... It's my memoir. It's my baby. It is my whole orthorexia journey and the journey of starting the blog and it's still available on Amazon and on my website. If you guys ever want to read Breaking Vegan, it's very dear to my heart. I learned a lot about the process of writing a book. That will be a whole podcast episode in itself, but it was a really cool experience. I couldn't have possibly had a better agent who has been nothing but extremely wonderful to me for all these years. We've become extremely close friends. Sarah is the Walt to my Jesse, as I always say, if you if you know Breaking Bad references, but she's just, she's wonderful. So that whole process, the book writing process was very cool because now I had another facet of my brand and I started feeling like, wow, the balanced bond really can expand. I have a blog. I have a book or at the time it was a book in the process. I have a clothing line. I have cleanse programs. I can host events and meet people. And then I met Cyrus, my app developer, and he pitched me the idea of doing a recipe app together. So we came out with the Balance Blonde app in November of that year, 2014. And now I had another facet of my brand and another revenue stream. And all of a sudden I went from this girl who had just graduated college and started a blog for a hobby as this girl who now had a full-blown brand that was all rooted in the blog. So it was really cool because I never had to worry too much about, well, of course I was started working with brands and that was awesome because brand partnerships can be very lucrative with blogs in terms, as far as just actually making blogging a financially stable career. So I was doing that, but I didn't have to worry too much about that in the beginning because I did have my book and my app and my clothing line and my cleanse programs. And I did develop a whole second cleanse program too that was not all... Well, actually that one was, that was all raw. So those were both vegan cleanse programs. And with all of that, I felt like, wow, I have this growing business and I feel like such a businesswoman. And then I started connecting with entrepreneurs, young, young entrepreneurs like Brandon Cohen, uh, you know, Brandon from this podcast who seriously has given me so much inspiration and taught me so much over the years. Other bloggers like Lauren Everts, The Skinny Confidential, and countless other bloggers who have really been kind of in a similar boat on a similar path. And we've all kind of learned from each other how to build a business and really create a lasting impression in this industry. So ever since then, I would say I have just had a hunger for knowledge about growing a brand and building an authentic brand because authenticity is what everything is rooted in for me. And I used to just think that and I knew that it was true. But now I know in my core, deep down, like in the bottom of my stomach, in my heart, in every single meridian of my body, that authenticity is so important. And on the internet, brands come and go all of the time. Blogs come and go, people come and go, clothing lines come and go 
books come and go. Everything kind of has its 15 minutes of fame or it doesn't. Or there are brands and blogs and lines, et cetera, that last. And everything that lasts is rooted in authenticity and has a purpose and a meaning behind it. So I would say after that, late 2014, after my app came out and I started working with a lot of brands, I was just doing that. And I didn't really say no to a lot of brands. I would say no when something was really off brand and really obviously just like not something that I was excited to write about or felt comfortable writing about. But for the most part, I have a very creative mind. So my inclination was always to say yes. Yes, I can make that work. Oh, I can I can put Sophie's kids in that or I can do this or I can do that. Oh yeah, even though I'm not a mom, like my friends have kids, I'll write about that brand. And I would just always think of creative ways to say yes. And that was cool for a little while. Financially, it was great. Um, but I hit a wall very fast where I felt like this does not have meaning or purpose for me. My blog is not just a hub to blurt out information about brands. I mean, my blog is not a space for commercials. Like, this is ridiculous. So I took a step back. I really took a good hard look at what was important to me. And that is when I dove into my 300-hour yoga training because I just felt this really intense pull toward sharing more spiritual content, more from the heart content. And I knew that I wanted to write more books about yoga. Yoga has been one of my greatest passions since I was a teenager, but I wanted to have my 500 hours of certification in order to share with people truly about yoga, philosophy, and the science of yoga, and all different forms of yoga. And I wanted to be able to teach anybody, prenatal, injuries, all of that. I wanted to have a wide knowledge base so that I could really be legitimate and bring my readers legitimate information. So I did my 300-hour training. I started every single day feeling more deeply connected to my purpose and what I'm here for and what I'm here to share with my blog. And all of a sudden, you guys, everything started to make so much more sense and everything felt so much more rooted and so much more grounded. And for a while, I was always so grateful and so excited for this path that I was on. But for a while, I felt like I was kind of floundering around and I would always deflect if someone would congratulate me on my successes. I would deflect. I would just say, oh, haha, this is just... I just fell into this. I just stumbled into this. I just got lucky with timing and I would deflect, deflect. I wouldn't accept any praise. And I'm at a different place now where I do feel that there's so much purpose behind why I am where I am now and um, everything that I'm doing. So I wanted to put more meaning, more purpose into my work. I saw a lot of other blogs going one direction and I didn't want to go in that direction. And what I mean by that is a lot of blogs started going in the direction of paid partnerships that are very lucrative. And that's awesome. I still strive for those. They're great. But some of them are just really off brand depending on the blogger. And I didn't want to be one of those people. And it's, I know from experience that it can be really soul sucking. And 
I'm not in this alternative industry to get my soul sucked. I'm here to set my soul on fire. So I saw all of that and I started becoming really clear on what I wanted and then also remaining really inspired by other people who have created a brand that is really authentic and really lasting and not just focusing on the short-term game. So as I started to get more clear, things just became super available to me. I came up with the inspiration to start this podcast and that has been one of the ultimate best things I think I've ever done for my brand. It has connected me to you guys on such a deeper level. It's switched up my daily routine. So I'm not just writing, 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 which can be so fun, but it can also be a little isolating. It can be a little bit of a burnout, Also, I believe for a while on my blog, I was pumping out so much written content that my content was sort of losing its impact because every day I would come out with blog posts because I do love writing so much. Now with the podcast, I can balance it out, put some blog posts out every week, um, really stay active on social media because I do have a lot to share and I feel so close to you guys and I have a lot to say, but it doesn't always have to be in the form of my blog. I have this podcast, which is truly been an incredible form of connection with you guys and has also taught me so much about myself and where I'm going and what's important to me. I've also selfishly been able to learn so much from my guests, um, people who have built extremely successful businesses and brands, and it's just so fun to get to connect with them. And I mean, I still have my app. It's out there. I haven't updated it in a long time, but it's there. I shut down my clothing line in this January. And I know there's been a little bit of confusion about that. We tried to be really vocal about closing it down. We had a lot of closing sales and it was a hard decision. Um, if I were to dive into all the details of all the facets of my brand, this podcast would be crazy long, but I really want to tell you guys at least a little for a while with TBV Apparel, which yes, we kept the name TBV, the acronym, and changed it to Truth, Balance, Virtue because that is how obsessed I was with the acronym TBV and didn't want to let it go. We, for a while, Tynan, Cole, and I, my business partners, felt that we wanted to get into the fashion industry, make a name for ourselves as TBV Apparel. Because really when we're into something, like I'm not one to half-ass anything. I was ready to go full throttle and so were they. But once we started going to some meetings downtown with fabric houses and all of that kind of stuff in the fashion industry, we all quickly realized, especially me, that that wasn't our thing. And I actually felt really soul sucked in that environment. It wasn't for me. And at that point, we decided together, we can't, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep putting our full throttle energy into something that is always just going to be a sector of the Balanced Blonde blog. It either needs to grow and be its own thing and blossom in the fashion industry or like, this is way too much. We can't do this anymore. I mean, it was really incredible. We had, you know, incredible three-year-long customers. And we came out with, every season, we came out with tons of new phrases and new styles. And we got, I got to meet some incredible people who became our models and have this really professional business relationship with my friends. And all of it, was cool, but 
it wasn't for me ultimately and and it wasn't for them ultimately either. So when we decided to close it down, I feel that it really did open up space and create space for something more, which is this podcast and working on my next book and also really taking care of myself. This episode took a different turn than I thought it would because I got so in-depth telling you guys all about the New York journey, which is really the beginning of my entrepreneurial story. But just to kind of briefly say something else that I really wanted to touch on, I spent a lot of years in the beginning of this blogging lifestyle of mine being a total workaholic and working from the moment I woke up in the morning at 7 a.m. until... 10, 30, 11 at night and doing it again and again every single day. And I thought that I was never going to get burnt out because I loved what I was doing that much. But the burnout does exist. And um, it's just not a well-rounded, balanced way to live life. And I was, again, telling people to live a balanced life. And then I wasn't being completely balanced myself at all. So I've spent the last six, seven, eight months or almost a year now, ever since I did my full Panchakarma last September, really focusing on balancing myself, my life, my fitness, my wellness with my blog and my business. And when you work for yourself and you have your own brand and your own business and everything relies on you, you've got to be available to people and you've got to learn fast. And that's what I had to do. And I mean, every single day, there's a lot of people to communicate with, even if it seems like I'm just working alone at home every day with Hudson. There's there's management, there's brands, there's agents, there's events and all sorts of things. And now Christina, so Christina started interning for me a year and a half ago. She quickly became a very valuable asset to my business. And we knew that by the time she graduated, she was going to be working for me full time because she provides so much valuable insight, so much help. And I've learned over time, even if you think you can do it all on your own, it is so much better to learn how to delegate and to get help and to accept help and to welcome and embrace help and love and light into your life that way. So having Christina's help has really helped me develop more of my own life outside of the brand. I'm able to go on hikes with people during the week and go to coffee dates and go to lunch and things that I just wasn't really allowing myself to do before and really are such beautiful facets of this alternative career path that I have chosen. And I'm not a nine to five person. I never have been. It always scared me. I briefly interned in a nine to five environment and it was the most ridiculous place for me to be because I just couldn't even fit in with the lifestyle for even a millisecond. So for me to have this alternative path has been so incredible. And with Christina's help, I've really been able to take time for myself and enjoy the alternative career that I've chosen, travel more, and just float and be happy and share all of that with you guys on the blog and the podcast. And I'm laughing to myself that I even just said float because I don't even know what that means. But I, what it means to me is I feel very light now and I feel 
very energetically balanced and I can focus on myself and I can have a relationship and I can balance self-love and having a relationship with having a business and having a brand. And my mind, I've learned, is a very entrepreneurial mind. I have a creative mind and I always went to school for creative things, but I also have a total businesswoman in my mind and I turn so many things into an entrepreneurial journey or an entrepreneurial idea. And that's very exciting to me. And that fast paced part of my personality loves having my own brand. And I'm constantly seeing where things can go. And every day calling Christina and Christina is just as invested as I am and talking about where we see the brand going and the visions that we have. And I have huge visions and exciting visions that seriously set my soul on fire. And I just know and feel deeply that I am doing what I was brought here to do. And that is to share and connect with you guys. And so when I call myself a blogger, back to the very beginning to bring this full, full circle, when I call myself a blogger and... Sometimes I feel that people don't understand what a blogger is and they think, oh, you're so lucky. You just blog about wellness and clothes and your life is just set up. I no, that's not me. I feel deeply, deeply, deeply connected to the purpose of communicating and connecting with all of you and sharing what I love about wellness, yoga, spirituality, fitness, and how important it is to take care of ourselves and how good our bodies are truly designed to feel, but also to sharing that we can do what we love. We can create a career based off of purpose and faith and drop the fear step into abundance, manifest what it is that we were brought here to create and really channel and harness the creativity that floats around in all of our brains and make something out of it. So that's all very exciting to me in the form of blogging, podcasting, writing books, teaching yoga, leading events, leading retreats. And I just feel like after all this, after four years later, I might've been confused in the beginning and taking a big risk and it all worked out. And I do believe that everything works out for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And the universe must have known that I was up for the challenge of creating this wild life and manifesting it. And I know I have so much more to learn and there's so, so much more out there for my brand that I can't wait to keep getting to those next levels. And I also recognize that I can't control where I'm going. And that's something that I'm letting go of and learning a lot about spirituality and the ego and comparison and just how challenging those comparisons can be. They really do steal away our joy and contentment about where we are. But I have so many business inspirations, people who I can go to and ask questions about financial stuff, about hiring stuff, about taxes, etc. from Brandon to Jonathan to my dad to all these other amazing people that I've met along the way. And this business has connected me to so many people. It's really such a social business, which is perfect for an extroverted introvert like myself because I love and need my alone time. That's when I create. That is when I can write and channel and do all the things that are very important to me. I've really figured out my groove, I think, um, with having a small balance bond team and delegating and having help, but also keeping things really tight knit. And 
I also learned not to trust everybody. And that's a whole podcast episode too in itself. But really, I, I learned, I gave out so much trust. I would do things without signing contracts and the things that I have learned over time. Always have a contract. Always have a contract. And also, my website has blossomed and flourished. And now it's not just a tiny little WordPress with the Blonde Vegan logo with the strawberry on it. It's, it's a hub for everything I do. My yoga ebook is on there. My events and my teaching schedule is on there. I have an Ask Jordan section. I have a podcast section. I have a crazy about an FAQ section, which as you know, I had in the very beginning too, because that was always important to me to make things really personal. I have a newsletter. I have, my mom has a blog now. Like I have just dove full force into the internet world and I don't plan to stop anytime soon. I think just being connected with your audience and having a brand aesthetic are both so important. And now I might be talking in circles. I just might be. I think that's what happens when you're talking to a microphone for an hour and 11 minutes. And I also did a podcast episode earlier today with Kelsey Patel and I did a Reiki session with her and I have Hudson sitting on my legs right now. And I feel that as much as I want to keep talking, I should probably take a break and let you guys get back to your regularly scheduled day. I am so happy to have done this solo podcast episode on my entrepreneurial blogging journey. I think it was really different than I planned to do it, but I guess that's also probably what happens when you just launch into a story and tell someone something from beginning to end. So I hope that you enjoyed this. I also wanted to say that for all of you out there who are thinking of starting your own entrepreneurial journeys, blogging journeys, what have you, Gabby Bernstein's Spirit Junkie Masterclass, her digital course is now fully available and ready to be checked out and downloaded and joined by you guys. You can find that on thebalanceblonde.com slash Gabby. Gabby's been a huge inspiration to me in my blogging journey, my brand journey. Gabby was probably the first brand and big influencer type of person, especially in the spiritual world that I looked to, to model my brand after. And she is, she's just incredible how she will help you drop the fears, determine what it is that's holding you back and create a life on and off of the internet where you can be an author and a speaker and manifest the true life of your dreams. And you can do that with her Spirit Junkie Masterclass. So if you're like me and you just dive into this entrepreneurial world sort of blindly, I would highly recommend her course. I've looked to her as a mentor and a teacher for many years now. And she has been kind enough to offer an affiliate program to me. So if you go sign up for her program through thebalancebond.com slash Gabby. I will get an affiliate commission for that, which is awesome because as you know from listening to this podcast, all of the alternate revenue streams a blogger can get is just amazing. And I feel so lucky that Gabby included me in her affiliate program. So Annalise, my web designer, made a beautiful, beautiful page, thebalancebond.com slash Gabby that has all the info, Spirit Junkie Masterclass, sign-up links, and free videos beneath them that you can check out to see what Gabby's all about. 
So I just wanted to say that because I'm assuming if you've listened this far, then maybe you're thinking about starting your own blog or turning your pre-existing blog into a brand and a business. So that's exciting. I'm always here for you. I try to answer as many questions as possible. That's why I have the Q&A section on my website. I have, I'm super available via email and direct message when I can be because everyone who helped me along the way, I'm so grateful for. And I want to give that back to all of you guys. So thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for bearing with me on solo podcast episode number two. There's a lot more to come. Please let me know any other topic ideas that you have that you're curious about. And I'm happy to launch into a full-blown convo with myself and you about it. So you guys are awesome. Talk to you soon. Love you and have an amazing week.